Hey everyone, Pastor Blake Harkup here from Bedrock, Sarasota. I just wanted to take a minute to welcome you to our podcast. We hope that you get to know God more, that you feel encouraged, and that you see how God's moving in your life from a brand new perspective. Enjoy today's message. How's everybody doing? All right, good. Wasn't that worship good? Can you guys give it up for the worship team? They, uh, you know, it, it, we always tell our worship team, uh, you, we model up here what, what heaven can look like. And for so many people, you know, it's so important to understand that one thing you can do here on earth that will happen in heaven is worship. And it, it's really where heaven can come down and touch earth. And I think that that moment is such an important moment. And so uh, if we've never met before, my name is Blake. I'm one of the pastors here at Bedrock, and I'm excited uh, to be here with you tonight. If you were here with us last week, you may know we announced that we are possibly doing some things with Ukraine, and uh, we had a giving campaign for that, but also we're going. And so if you're at all interested in possibly going to Poland, um, we're going to have a quick interest meeting tonight right after service. It's going to be a very limited group of people that can go. It's going to be a very quick group of people that can go. Uh, and so we are working with some missionaries and pastors in Warsaw, around uh, Poland as well. And so we'll have some opportunity there. And so that meeting tonight will be an interest meeting, and we'll just talk about it quickly. Um, so tonight, how many of you have a hard time waiting? Anybody have a hard time waiting? I mean, you know, the worst part of a plane flight is when you're circling the airport to land, right? I mean, it's awful. And I'll, I'll tell you, one of the hardest seasons for you to wait through, and that I have a hard time waiting through, is tough seasons, right? Seasons of suffering, seasons where it doesn't seem like there's going to be an end to these hard moments or this hard time. In fact, today, as I was getting ready... Um, I, every Saturday and Sunday, I go to the gym. My gym has a sauna, and I go into the sauna, and I spend 20 minutes in there every day. And I literally, I go with my headphones, I put like piano music on, and I will think about the message, or I'll just pray, and I just try to use it as a time to reset. But how many of you know that suffering in this world doesn't always come at the like, result of your own actions, but sometimes we're suffering because of other people's actions? Well, today I suffered, okay? Today I got to the gym, and normally the sauna is at 185 degrees, but there were some bros at the gym, okay? And if you know what bros are, those are the guys with the muscle shirts that they cut off their sleeves, and, you know, they're, like, in there pumping and flexing the whole time, and there were some bros at the gym today. And so when I got in there, these particular bros, they like to do something really special. They go into the bathroom, and they get a paper towel, and they wet it with cold water. And then when they get into the sauna, they put that cold paper towel over the top of the thermostat reader in the sauna. So what does that do? Uh, it makes the sauna think that it's colder than it is, so the sauna heater turns on. Okay. I like to spend 20 minutes in there, and these guys are like, we're going to make it 15 minutes, right? The sauna got up to 215 degrees today. And so as I'm sitting in this sauna... Um, 
I felt like my face was melting. Um, but also, what I realized is, is I was really going through something and suffering through something because of the result of someone else's actions. That there was a part of what I was experiencing and the, kind of the hard time that I was going through was not the result of anything that I had done, but because these two guys needed it to be 215 degrees and not 185. And I was like, maybe you'll make it longer than 15 minutes within, like, if you just let the temperature be at what they set it at. I think the gym probably understands what's like a healthy temperature, right? So as soon as those guys left, I had like I was seven minutes left on my deal. I stood up. I took that stupid paper towel off. I threw it on the ground. And this guy looked at me and was like, what, what was that? I was like, oh, those bros, they like to put this paper towel over here so we all die. And he's like, oh, that's why they left early. I mean, it's so hot, you can't even put your back on the wood. And you know, I was thinking about that today because it really relates to what we're going to talk about tonight. See, Paul's going to get into the discussion as we continue on in Romans chapter 8, where he talked all about this idea last week of how how you and I can really move forward and what happens as a result of us believing in Jesus. And he begins to summarize all that's happening. But then in Romans chapter 8, if you guys noticed it last week, at the end of verse 17, he says, for we also will be glorified with Christ, but we must also suffer. And you're like, why is that verse in the Bible? Like, why is there anything about suffering in the Bible? But the reality is, is I think so many of us know, and possibly we're in a season right now in our life, that we're suffering because of the actions of somebody else. That we're suffering because of what other people are doing and and your collateral damage in that. But here's what I really think can happen. Like, that's the hardest time for you and I to wait To be in that season and be like, God, I I didn't even mess up, but I'm dealing with the consequence of this other thing, and I'm just tired of it. I'm sick of this. How do I get through this? Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 18, begins to show us how you and I can thrive in the season of waiting during suffering. That, that this season where you're, you're dealing with the consequences of what others may have done or what maybe what you have done. You can actually get through that season in life, you can get through that moment, and you can actually grow, that you can actually move forward, that you can actually find peace in the middle of suffering. And I know that probably some of us in here are in a situation right now where you're suffering because of the actions of somebody else. And you know, just calling it out doesn't ease the pain. Like dealing with some of these things doesn't like for us begin to show us what what we can do and and how we can do it. And so tonight as we get into the word of God, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8 starting in verse 18. If you have a Bible with you, open up there. If you don't have one, we have free ones in the back. You can go get a Bible. If not, don't worry, the words are on the screen, okay? So let's start here in Romans chapter 8 starting in verse 18. We're going to land right here for now. Paul says this, for I consider that the suffering of this present time, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. So Paul begins to say, hey, we're going to suffer like Jesus suffered. If we're going to share in Jesus's glory, we're also going to share in suffering. And Jesus promised you and I this. He says, hey, don't be surprised when the world comes against you for it's already hated me. And listen, sometimes you and I will deal with some hard things in life when we're doing the right thing. 
Anyone in here relate to that? You did the right thing and yet you're, you're having a hard time. Like people are, are giving you a hard time and you can't move forward and, and people are coming against you. Anybody relate to that? Well, Paul begins to talk to us about this and says, hey, I need you to understand something. Yes, things in this world and other people in this world and situations in this world are going to be unfair. And it's going to cause hardship in your life. But Paul wants you and I to think a little bit differently. Here's what Paul says. He says this, there's always more to the story. That's the very first part of tonight's message. When you are dealing with something in this world where, that you are suffering or you're having hardship or you're having trial in this world and in this life because of what someone else may have done, Paul says, hey, I need you to understand something. There really is more to the story. Things are a little bit deeper than you think that they're going to be. Right, I want you to think about this in your life. That word consider that Paul uses there is actually a mathematical term. And here's what Paul means. Paul says, look, I have looked at the, the suffering of this present world compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. And if we were to weigh them out, they do not compare. So Paul looks at the suffering that he is facing in this life, that he is dealing with, which he deals with a lot of it in his life, as nothing to be compared to the glory that is to come. And for you and I, do we think that way? Do we look at like our current situation, the things that we're currently dealing with, and begin to go, you know what, if I was to weigh out what I'm dealing with now and what is to come, what is to come is so much better that I won't even remember these things. It doesn't, there's no comparison. There's no way to weigh these things. It's like feathers versus steel. It just, there's no comparison in what can happen. But I want us to make an important note here. Because what Paul is specifically talking about in this passage is suffering for righteousness sake. Suffering for doing what is good. And for you and I, we need to realize that if you are suffering because you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, there's probably not going to be a lot of relief in those things. This is not like I am going and doing all of these things and you can have forgiveness and you can move forward in life. But listen, listen to what Peter says. Peter jumps in on this. First Peter chapter 2, verse 19, he says this. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. Verse 20. But how is it that you credit, you are credited or you credit if you receive a beating or do wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is a commendable before God. To this you were called because of Christ Jesus. You, you suffered for you leaving. Uh, he was leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. Paul says this, Peter says this, if you suffer beating for doing something wrong, there's nothing commendable in that. Right, And I think we have a lot of woe is me in this world right now. I think we have a lot in our culture that we live whatever way we want to live. But then when the consequences of how we live begin to catch up with us, we go, oh, man, help me. Like, how is this happening to me? Why is this going on for me? And for some of us, we need to realize that there are natural consequences for the things that are going on in your life. But if you're doing good and being righteous and being, like, think about a whistleblower. A whistleblower, right, is a person who says, like, this organization, this thing, they're not doing what they should be doing. We have a problem. 
And then they lose their job. And then they're, you know, defamed on the internet and all of these things. They are suffering for doing what is right. Paul says there's relief in that. When you and I go and do the right thing, realize that there may be suffering in those moments, but there can be relief from God too. Because so many of us like have done the right thing. We, we, we've, we've walked in a righteous way, but then all of a sudden it's so hard to walk in that way and we wonder why. I mean, then we go, I must have done the wrong thing. Because whenever I go down the path that God has for me, surely there is not hardship on that path. Paul says, no, there's hardship on that path because there's a purpose in it. And, and there's a way for you and I to thrive in the moment. So here's what Paul is saying. There's really more to the story because when you and I begin to suffer and we begin to struggle, suffering has a way of focusing your attention on only the present. Like you are just, you are locked into this moment and it's like suffering puts blinders on you and all you can see is right now and all you can see is what's in front of you and what's around you and how hard all of this is. But what you have to do in this life is you have to begin to change your perspective. So let me ask you, what are, what's bringing hardship into your life right now that's not your fault? Maybe your marriage is suffering and you're suffering because of the actions of your spouse. Maybe your finances are struggling because of the greed of somebody else in this world. Maybe you're struggling because you have a prodigal child who has run and who is far from God and you're dealing with some of the consequences of those things and it brings hardship into your life. Maybe you're suffering because that addiction is calling again or because of the addiction of somebody else in this world. Like they're, they're, they're dealing with this addiction and these problems and it just causes all of this hardship. What about because of the actions of somebody else, maybe the dreams of your life began to die. And now you've got to realign and you've got to reset and you're scared. Paul says all of these things are so natural for you and I to deal with, but he's going to give us a way out of this. Paul's going to give us a way to get out of this moment where suffering begins to be the overwhelming theme of our life. As I was sitting in that sauna today, I was like, Lord, did you bring me here today for this moment so I could suffer because of the actions of another and I have to deal with the consequences of what this other person is doing? And I said, Lord, I'm about to teach people about how to thrive in the midst of suffering for doing what is good. I go to the sauna to sweat so that I can get toxins out of my body, so I can focus my mind, so I can be present. It was all good the reason I went there. But when I went to the good place, there was hardship. It was 210 degrees hardship. I had a picture. I didn't put it up. I, like, when I got done, I took a picture of like my shorts, which are, which are like this light red. They were like maroon. It was like I, had, I walked out. I was like, I didn't take a shower. This is just my life for the past few minutes. And I began to go... Lord, and I began to pray through exactly what we began to talk about here tonight. I was like, Lord, you brought me here today at this exact moment so I could deal with these bros and deal with their sin and deal with their problem. And I was going to suffer because of it, but God, you had a better purpose in it. 
God, you had something so much better for me in this. So tonight, as we talk about these things, I'm going to use a lot of analogies because I think sometimes these concepts are so hard for us to grasp, right? Some of these big kind of lofty concepts in our life begin to be hard for us to grasp and and nail down. And so I'm going to use a lot of analogies to try to help us understand what's going on here. So here's what Paul's going to say. Romans chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. Paul begins to bring us into how you and I begin to deal with this. And what he does is he says, look, there is a part of this world that is suffering because of the actions of another, creation. He says, all of creation has been dealt a blow and it's begun to suffer and have a hard time because of the actions of one person, Adam. And creation began to to do this. And and what what Paul's going to say to us is creation gives us a way out of this. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. I love it the way one commentator talked about this, the longing. He said it's like this. Creation is standing on its tiptoes trying to see the horizon. Creation, who did nothing, who who did not fall, suffers because of all of these things. The Bible describes the earth as groaning and, and yearning. Right In the garden, there was no death. But now all of creation suffers this death. And so it says creation is longing and yearning, standing on its tiptoes, trying to see the horizon. Why? Longing for the revealing of the sons of God, for humanity to actually be who they were created to be. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. What Paul begins to say is, look, like we've got some problems and creation suffered because of the actions of another. Can I just stop right here and just say one thing? All of you probably have something in your mind right now or someone that you are assigning the pain of your life. Like it's their fault and rightfully so. Can I tell you that the only way for you to get through this right now is to forgive them? Unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and expecting them to die. You're the one in bondage. You're the one who's controlled by these things. You're the one whose actions are moved because of the actions of another. And the only forgiveness doesn't excuse it. What forgiveness does is it allows you to let go of things being made right by you. What you're going to choose to believe in forgiveness is like, hey, God is going to take care of this. God sees it, and he's just, and he's good, and he's holy, and he's righteous, and he's going to deal with all things, either through the cross or the grave. That's it. That's what God says. Either everything's going to be dealt with through the cross of Jesus Christ or the grave. And so you and I in faith, because we know God and love God and believe in God, go, okay, I don't have to make this right. I'm going to let go of these shackles. And what Paul begins to describe here is this is exactly what creation is doing. Believing and hoping in a greater future. That God is going to redeem all things. Verse 21 That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption 
and obtain the freedom of glory of the children of God. All the earth is crying out and yearning for a better tomorrow, for a better moment. Here's how you and I, we have to take a note from what Paul describes creation is doing. And what is creation doing? Creation, instead of being stuck in their suffering right here, lifts up its head and looks forward. If you are going to get through suffering in this life, you have to look towards a better future. You know, when I was uh, in middle school, I went on my first like deep sea fishing trip. And when I was there, uh, if you're not used to like big waves, like it was like, I think four or five foot seas. So it got pretty rough out there. And you know, I mean, I normally don't get seasick, but I got seasick. And my friend's dad, I was like, oh man, I feel so sick. I'm suffering. All I could see was the waves around me. And because of the actions of the dad who decided to take me out there that day, I'm suffering, right? I'm in like, this is no bueno. He's like, you want to fish? I was like, I don't want to think about fish. I don't want to think about it. I can't think about anything. All I can think about is my stomach feels like it's going to come out of my mouth. I'm sick. And he's like, all right, here, I got a solution for you. Oh, oh you got a solution. I'll do anything. What do I need to do? He said, go to the front of the boat. I was like, okay. And he's like, I want you to pull the anchor up by hand. I was like, you, okay, you want to put me to work? And he goes, no, no, no. I want you to pull the anchor up by hand. But I don't want you to look at the rope. I want you to look at the horizon. I want you to find where the sky meets the water. And I was like, okay. Right? I was like, okay. So I go up there, and I start pulling up this anchor. And I'm like, okay, I got to look ahead. And I started looking ahead. And you know what he did? He took my mind off of the moment, and he made me look towards a much clearer future. In the same way, in your present suffering, though the waves may be coming in and the seas are rough and all of it seems to be overwhelming you, the thing you need to do is get to the front of the boat. You need to start pulling up the anchor to get your mind off of what's going on and look towards your better future. You got to look forward. That's exactly what the Bible says creation is doing. Creation who did nothing to fall into sin was affected by sin. And so creation is longing and looking forward to a day when everything will be okay. So what are they doing? It's looking towards the new horizon. This is what Paul says when I do not count these current trials as anything compared to what is coming. Like these rough seas mean nothing to me when I think about the safe harbor I will be in one day. Because how many of you need to know your soul will arrive in safe harbor? Your soul will be in heaven in all the tum like tumultuous aspects of this life, the suffering that you are experiencing, the, the things that are going on in this world. Like even you think about Ukraine, there's people suffering right now because of the actions of other people. But there's a better hope and a better place and a better future. You just have to lift up your eyes and start looking ahead because suffering has a way of stealing your focus. So God says, let's refocus. He's always before you. And let me just tell you, no matter how big the seas are that you're in, they don't look rough when you find the horizon. It's like a straight line. And when you're bouncing up and down in the sea, all you're looking for is flat. Some of you in your life right now, you're in high seas in your soul. Because of what other people have done, maybe it's the result of some of your actions. 
but you're in high seas and you're wondering if you can make it through this next moment. And God goes, no, you can definitely make it through this. And in fact, you can thrive. Why? Because I've put a greater hope before you. So that hope is going to resettle you. And now we're going to move forward. So what Paul begins to talk about is this. Are you focusing on the truth of Jesus? Are you focusing on what is going on? Are you focusing about the here and now or what is to come? It's just where's, where's your head? Where's your heart? We talked about it last week. What you think determines where you live. Suffering has a way of stealing your thoughts. Oh, it will always be like this. I'll never get through this. I'll never be okay. That kid will never come back. I'll never be okay financially. I'll never have another job. I'll never get married. I'll never, just start naming it. All of that talk is suffering talk. And you're keeping yourself in the bondage of what is happening. And so Paul says, look, if you want to get through these moments, not only do you need to set your mind and your thoughts on what is ahead, not what is present, but you need to taste and see now. That's why we do worship here. The reason why you and I worship is because my hope is that as you sing to who God is, your heart is primed to believe that God will do what he says he's going to do. That there's this moment where your heart looks towards and you're singing towards God and you're singing the truth of who he is so that you can taste and see a little bit of heaven now. So that you, you can kind of get lost in the moment and begin to see what God is doing Romans chapter 8, verse 22. For we know. Everyone say, we know. Paul says this with full assurance. We know. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together the pains of child in childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but also ourselves, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, look, creation and us, inwardly we're growing, groaning, inwardly we're dealing with all of this, but then he begins to introduce the Holy Spirit, who when you and I cannot express our pain, cannot express how hard this moment is, I mean, have you ever tried to pray to God and there's just no words anymore? Like, I just... I can't explain how hard this is. I can't explain how frustrating this is. I can't explain in words how much this hurts. My soul is overwhelmed. Have you ever been in those moments when you're in so much pain, all you can do is groan? Like, all you, like I'm, the bros do it at the gym all the time. They do, and I'm like, it hurts, doesn't it? He's like, yeah, it hurts. I'm like, all right, see you in the, see you in the sun. He's like, 210 degrees, man. I'm like, get out of here, right? Like, but that's exactly what goes on. There's just no expressing in another way. I remember when Kelsey had our kids, there was groanings and yellings that like, I, something's happening, right? Like, it's, this is heavy. And she didn't say, Blake, this really hurts really bad. There, there was just no words. This is what the Bible says. When you're suffering, there's times that it hurts so bad, there's no words. And this is what it says. The Holy Spirit begins to intercede and goes, I know your heart. I'll tell the Father. Don't worry. That's why it's so important that the Holy Spirit indwells us as believers. But here's the thing. 
if you and I have the Holy Spirit within us, interceding for us, you and I can also experience parts of heaven right now in the midst of the greatest storms of life. You can taste and you can see. How many of us, like, have you ever been so hungry? Like, you're creating this great meal. You're having guests over. Maybe it's like a date. And you're like, I'm going to impress this person. I'm going to make the best meal ever. And then you knew it was a good meal, so you didn't eat all day. So there was groanings of suffering coming from your stomach, right? Like, that, like you're hungry. You know, you know when your stomach hurts so much because you haven't eaten? We call that missed meal cramps, right? Like, I need to eat. And then you start cooking. You're going to cook a big old ribeye, and you're going to cook all these vegetables. It's going to be perfect. You got the skillet ready. It's in the oven. Like, everything's ready to go. And as you're trying to cook the meal, you're suffering. And you're like, why don't they just get here already? If they were just here, we could just eat. But how many of you, like me, begin to taste and see now before the meal actually arrives? Right? Like, oh, these vegetables are good. Let me get a little bite. This steak looks pretty good. There's a little slice, right? Like, it's okay. I'll eat a little bit. This is exactly what the Bible says that you and I need to do in the midst of suffering. You need to have moments where you can taste and see and experience heaven now. Because that's what you're always looking forward to. And so listen to what Galatians says that the fruits of the Spirit are for you and I. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Here's what Paul's saying. You can taste and see now parts of heaven through the gifting of the Holy Spirit. That as you're suffering and that as you're dealing with things and that as you're dealing with the consequences of other, others' actions in your life, you can actually thrive in the middle of all of it because it all doesn't have to be suffering. Because of the Holy Spirit who indwells you, you can taste parts of heaven now. Joy, peace, gentleness. You can have some of that in the middle of a storm. Paul even says in Philippians that if we pray to God and if we show him in our, in our moments of suffering and trial, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will enter our hearts. Heaven can enter the situation. You've just got to get your eyes up again and look towards the horizon and begin to believe that there's more to the story than what's happening. And when you do that, we need to taste and see. How many of you, all you need is a little bite? and you can make it to dinner. You just need like a little piece of steak or a little bite of the pasta or a little bit of the vegetables to get you through the present suffering, to get you to the meal. That's the horizon. I'm heading to this incredible dinner, this place where all of my pain, all of my suffering will cease when I get to that table. So taste and see now. Begin to experience what God can do in your life now. But suffering has a way of setting us on uneasy ground. And how many of us, when we're suffering, can begin to question the goodness of God? Can begin to question, like, is, is this really even real? Is, am I ever going to get out of this? Is this ever going to be okay? Is this ever going to, am I ever going to get through this? And I don't know if you'll ever get out of it, but I know you, he'll give you the peace to get through it. I'm praying that that son or daughter comes home. I don't know if they will. But if they don't, you can have the peace to get through it. You can, you can move through this life and not be controlled by everything that the world has for you. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 24, look at what the Bible says. For in this hope, we were saved. In this hope of the one that we need to taste and see now, the belief that the current suffering is nothing. It doesn't even weigh up to what you and I will experience in this life. Like those hunger pains mean nothing when you taste this delicious meal. You forget about the suffering of the waves and the toss to and fro when you get in the harbor. And how many of us know being hungry makes the meal taste better? How many of us know you love the safety of the harbor when you've been in rough seas? You know it. God's showing us so much in this life. All that he's saying is your hope is not now, it's in the future. I go into the the sauna for 20 minutes knowing that I'm going to suffer for 20 minutes. But you know how incredible I feel when I walk out? Like I'm going to endure suffering for the greater purpose that is coming ahead. I'm going to endure this moment. I didn't go in there and pull the thing off the, the thermostat and say, hey, guys. I said, God has a better plan than this. I've never felt so good coming out. I've never felt so good coming out of the sauna than when I did this time. I went immediately to Starbucks. I was like, I don't need the ice water, right? Like, like anything else, just water would be great. I'm dying. But you know what? As I watched my timer click down on my clock, on my phone, I was like, all right, three more minutes. Three more minutes. Okay. There's a he- heaven's coming in three minutes. That air conditioning felt a lot like heaven. Three more minutes. Three more minutes, three more minutes, one more minute, one more minute, 30 seconds. Okay. And you know what? The last 10 seconds were nothing because I knew what was coming. And I did walk out one time. I was so hot. I walked out. I was like, I just need to remember what cold air feels like. Okay. And I went back in. I was like, I still got seven minutes. I got to go back in. I tasted what was to come. But here's the deal. In that moment, I could not wait for time to pass. And I began to lack the confidence that I could get through it. So here's what Paul's going to say. Suffering has a way of stealing your patience and stealing your confidence in who God is. So this is exact. He, he competes with it right away. Romans 8 verses 24 and 25. For in this hope you were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes in what he sees. It's right there. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Here's what Paul says. You want to thrive in suffering? You're going to need to have patience and believe that what is to come will come in the right time. But do not lose confidence that it is coming. There was one time I was in the sauna like the guy stood up. He was really suffering. He was like, he was like pacing. I was like, don't pace, man. You're going to get hotter, right? Because he, 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 was, he was running out of time. He, he was kind of in this moment. And, and when he began to pace and began to get worried and began to do all this, I thought in my head for one second, what if the door locked? I thought, what if the door locked? And then I was like, praise be to God. There are no locks on that door, right? And if and if there was, he's a way maker, right? And Miracle worker, I'm going to kick that thing in, right? But here's the deal. You and I, I, I began to doubt that the door would open in the middle of my suffering when there wasn't even a lock on the door. Why would they put a lock on a sauna door? This would be, no. 
But I thought, what if the door never opens? I'm going to die in here. Because my patience began to run out and my confidence began to break. And Paul says this, in the middle of suffering, lift up your eyes, begin to taste and see, be patient and believe that that future hope is coming. You know what, guys? I'm just going to tell everybody in here, you're one step closer to heaven today than you were yesterday. You're one step closer today of, of not feeling that pain than you were yesterday. You're one step closer. It's that much easier. Three more minutes. Three more minutes. But here's the deal. God has great purposes in suffering. Otherwise, he would not allow it in your life. So maybe he's trying to teach you something so that you can endure something coming. And maybe you'll look back on this season of suffering and praise God for it because it prepared you for what's to come. So that you will not be overwhelmed. Some of you need to look back in your life and look at the things that you went through in your life and go, why did that happen? You don't need to know exactly why that had happened, but you're here and you're enduring and you're enduring now probably because you endured through that. And your pain will always be pain until it finds purpose. You see how we serve a God who goes, this current trial is nothing compared to what is coming. And I'm going to prepare you and I'm going to get you through this in other people, in other sins, in other things in this world are going to come against you. And they're not your fault, but we're not going to play the blame game. We're going to become owners and we're going to fight through this together. And I'm going to build you up for what is to come. Thanks be to God that I made it through the sauna 300 times before this at 185 degrees. Because you know what? For like I, I thought, I've done this before. I've been, I've been in here before. It's just hotter, but okay. I can endure heat. You know why? I've done it before. I've suffered through this before. I can do this. In fact, there was a, a Navy SEAL. Uh, I used to, I read his book. It's called No Easy Day. He's one of the guys who was on the Bin Laden kill mission. And he talked about how he got through basic training. It's, called, it's a book called No Easy Day. If you've never read it, it's really good. Um, but he talked about how he was going to make it through basic or buds, right? So there's this kind of two-week period where they really throw the whole kitchen sink at these guys. And the whole point of it is, is to create physical suffering so you create mental suffering. And when you create mental suffering, that's where people quit. The body's meant to break down at some point in this process. You, you can't do everything that they want you to do. They want to see if you'll mentally break first. And here's what he would tell himself as he was in the middle of the worst, you know, they, they take them out into 35 degree water or 50 degree water and put them in the surf and let sand run over their bodies. And they sit in the waves and they lay backwards and the waves run over them and water goes up their nose and it's 30 degrees out and they're doing this and they're clinging together and they have to sing and they have to do butterfly kicks the whole time. And you know what he would say? I can quit at dinner. I can quit at dinner. And when he got to dinner, I can quit at breakfast. I can quit at breakfast. And we got to breakfast, I can quit at lunch. <laughs> you hear what's going on? I just, I gotta go. I, I'm just gonna look ahead to the next thing. I gotta just look ahead to that next horizon. I just gotta make it to breakfast. I just gotta make it to lunch. I just gotta make it to church. I just got to get to small group. I just got to get in the word today. I just need to put that song on. 
You just take it one step at a time. Do not lose your patience or your confidence in what you know. Amen. can you come up here real quick? Here's how I want to illustrate this for you. Eamon has no idea that this is going to happen. Have you been working out? I'm a little scared. I am a little scared too. Okay, so this is what I mean. You are hoping for and believing in things that you do not see. Eamon, turn around. Yeah, that's good. Right there. Perfect. All right, Eamon. I need you to. I need you to broaden up. I need you to like. Come on. No, don't look back. You can't see me. Yeah, you are. Put your arms out. This way, so I can catch you like we're dancing. You are wild and free. Okay, all right. So, Eamon, just like don't break your legs. I just need you to come back, straight back. Come on. Do you trust me? Are you ready? I'm ready. Am I ready? I don't know. You're suffering in this present moment. Okay, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks, man. You and I need to take a spiritual trust fall. For real, that's exactly what that is. Amen, in his present suffering and uneasiness, in the middle of his storm, had to trust in something he only hoped for but could not see. And the longer he stood there, the longer the suffering was. There's a point where he just had to let go. There's a point where he just had to fall and trust and believe that I was going to catch him. Do you trust and believe that God's going to catch you? Like some of us, you're, you're prolonging this suffering of what other people have done to you because you just won't fall. You just won't let go. You just won't trust that unforgiveness. I got to hold on to my bitterness, but it's here and it's hurting me and I'm suffering because of what that person did to me. And Jesus says, let it go. I promise I'll catch you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not going to let you hit the ground because I love you. Because I died for you. And why would I let you fall now? And so you and I, Romans says this, you need to remember in this moment to just trust God and to fall. Let go. You're prolonging your suffering because you're holding on to things you cannot carry. You never were meant to. That's exactly what last week was about. You are holding on to the weight of things that you are are not meant or built to carry. It's the weight of sin and not just your sin, the sins of others, the sins of this world. There are weights in this world that you are not meant to carry. And so you just got to trust God and you got to let go and you got to believe that he's going to catch you. Eamon, you didn't know that was going to happen, did you? Good job. Everybody give Eamon a round of applause. That would have been a bad analogy if I just let you hit the floor. You're welcome. That's, see, I've been at the gym. Okay, so anyway. But here's the biggest thing. The enemy is going to get you to believe that when you're suffering, you're alone. You're the only one who deals with this. You're the only one who knows about that. You're the only one who carries that kind of burden. You're the only one that that ever happened to. You're the only one who feels this way. You're the only one. And remember what we just said, that when you and I are suffering in a way that we cannot express with words, the Holy Spirit begins to intercede for us and begins to interpret for us and tell the Father exactly what is going on in our heart. Listen to Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the, knows what the mind of the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When you're suffering so much, you have no words to express. You're not alone. There's one who knows you far greater than you know yourself. There's one who is with you much deeper than you actually understand. And he is speaking to the Father on your behalf right now. They can't even say how bad they're hurting. I'll say it for them. That's why he's the helper. That's why he's a gift. That's why he resides in you. And you and I can experience heaven on earth when we understand the spirit of God. And when we taste and see joy and peace and hope and forbearance and all of these fruits of the spirit, we can then begin to walk in these things. And when our confidence begins to be shaken, when we begin to lose patience, the Holy Spirit can remind us of what is coming ahead and where we are headed and can remind us of the hope that is before us. And when we don't have the words to express how bad we're messed up, we can begin to believe that the Holy Spirit is telling God, and I never want to hear the words out of your mouth like I hear from my kids, you just don't understand. God, how could you understand? And God goes, you want me to understand how much the sins of others can affect you? I really understand I sent my son into the world for that exact reason. I know what suffering because of the sins of others does. I know exactly what it does. And that's why Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. And the Holy Spirit is translating our heart in the middle of our suffering. Even when we, we, we aren't giving all glory to God, even when these things aren't happening because God says, oh, I understand all too well. Because the sins of humanity was laid upon my son. I get it. I understand how much suffering can hurt because of the results of others. And Jesus came and he died for you and I. The one who did nothing bore everything so that we may be made alive in him. You're not alone. In those moments where you cannot speak because it hurts so bad, I guarantee you God understands that. I'll guarantee it. He wasn't unaffected. He was not overcome, but he was definitely affected by our sin. And so you and I can run to him, the one who loves us, and say, I, I don't get this. And he goes, I know. But if I can take the worst moment in human history and make it the best moment in human history, you're going to need to trust me that I can do something with your moment right now. I can do something with your pain. I can do something with your suffering right now. Believe me, I get it and I know how much it costs. But we're going to get through this. And then how do you thrive in all of this? How do you, like, what's the final thing? These are, there's maybe no greater words in the Bible coming out of the idea of suffering than these next few words. Romans 8, 28. And we know, everyone say, we know. we know. That for those who love God, all things work together for good 
for those who are called according to his purposes. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he has also glorified. Here's what all this means. Believe me, God knows who in here believes in him. There's no shadow of a doubt. And he has predestined for those who believe in Jesus Christ. And I know we all want to get in a theology debate right now. And we're not going to do it. Because whatever side of the debate on, on whether you choose God or God chooses you, you are. God does 99.9% .9 of the work or 100%. So we're not having that argument here. What we're going to have a discussion of is God's got a process and a plan. And do you trust it? For those he foreknew, he predestined to become the image of his son. And that sometimes to go from being a rock to a vase, you're going to have to have some suffering in the process to become more like the son. Why? Because the son experienced suffering. So to know Jesus, you're going to have to experience what he experienced. And that's exactly what Paul talked about at the very beginning. For if we will be glorified like him, we must also suffer like him. And so what Paul begins to say is, trust the process. Don't give up. God is going to do it. In Romans chapter 9, we're going to hear this analogy that Paul gives about believers and people who, who are, are either know God or do not know God. And he begins to talk about this analogy of clay being molded into a vase. But you know what? To go from a block of clay to a vase, that's a lot of suffering. But here's the great news of God. It's not suffering without purpose, for God will create something beautiful. Out of the ashes of your tragedy, he will raise new life and beautiful life in you. And so you're not suffering for no reason. You're not experiencing these things for no reason, for God can take anything and turn it to good. You're like, I don't know. If the Son of God died, for the sins of humanity becomes the one moment where all of humanity is saved. Why can he not do that to us? Why can he not do that for us? Why would he not do that for us? For if he could take the worst and make it the best, then he can do that for you and I. Do you trust the process? We need to have the mind of Christ in this moment. We need to keep going and trust the process. I don't know why you're suffering. I don't. But I know God's good. And for those who love him, all things work together for good. Do you believe it? Do you trust the process? Are you looking to the horizon? And some of us in this room have forgotten because we're in the middle of our suffering. Our eyes have gone down and we're not looking towards that horizon. Do you remember when he did it last time? Do you remember when he took that suffering and now there's something so beautiful in your life because of that process? Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. 
Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul says. I just keep going and moving towards that new horizon. And let me just tell you, for a guy who really suffered in his life, he was almost stoned to death. He was beaten. He was homeless. He was shipwrecked. The belief right now that he is with the Father, experiencing all the joy of this life and and all the joy of the next life, what hope there is. And so where's your hope tonight? In the midst of your suffering, you can be rescued in a second. And maybe, maybe the reason you're suffering right now is because of things that you've done or things that have been done to you, but God's calling your name through it right now. And he's saying, you need to come home. You weren't meant to live like this. It's not meant to be like this. I know it hurts. I have a purpose. I have a plan and I can heal you. You just need to come home. Let me just tell you something. In my pride and in my arrogance so many times, I have walked further down the road of suffering, not believing that I could go home and that that suffering was used in my life to bring me to a better place. And maybe God is allowing some suffering in your life right now because he wants to call you home and he needs to get your attention. Maybe he doesn't want you to walk into that affair. Maybe he doesn't want you to walk into that financial disaster. Maybe he doesn't want you to find everything that you can in this world and the things of this world. Maybe he he wants you to, to experience some of these things and go, I can redeem that. I just need you to know that I can come, that you can come home. I think about all the suffering that I've gone through in my life some of my own, some of the things that have happened to me and all they have done for me is make Christ all the better. Because I count these current trials as nothing compared to the glory that is to come. What a good God we serve that he never shied away from suffering, but he said, you can thrive in it. I can get you through this. And I promise you, I'm making something beautiful in the process. And so as we just have a moment of worship in this time as we land the plane today, maybe it's time for you to come home to safe harbor. The storms of life, you've been out there in the world, you've been living it on your own, and the world is dominating you. And Jesus says, if you call upon my name and trust in what I did, believe in me for salvation that all the sin in the world could not overcome me for I overcame it and if you confess that come home and maybe some of us left the safety of the harbor because the world was calling and he says it's just time to turn around it's just time to come home the only place that I know that you'll find peace in this world is in him him and in him alone. 
Thank you for jumping into today's message, and we truly hope that you were encouraged. If you were encouraged, would you like and share this with someone that you truly love and care about? It may just be the thing that they need to get through this week. Also, let us know how the message impacted you, and please let us know any ways that we can be praying for you. But finally, I just wanted to take a minute to thank all of our supporters and those who give generously to make all that we have and do here at Bedrock happen. If you'd like to support us, you can do that really quickly by texting 84321 with any amount and setting up text to give, or you can give on our website. Thank you once again for all that you do, and we hope to see you soon.